Okay, let me go back to the house for a minute here to get things started. As you can see, I'm cluttering it up pretty good here, but everything's good, it's all straight. Uh, so we started this series a, a couple of weeks ago uh, by looking at the church. We've been looking at uh, some of the reasons, these are the top four reasons why people are loyal to, committed to a local church. Uh, things like place and the convenience of a place, the personality or style of the church, the programs that the church has to offer, the people of the church who become our family, our community, our brothers and sisters, and the expression of God's family that we find in that. Um, we've been talking about that as kind of representing the main level of the local church. And then we got into talking more about the purpose of the church and the influence that God's purpose has, that God's kingdom has on the main level of the church and our, our weekly experience, our daily experience as part of a church. And so we got talking about things like unity and how unity influences, kingdom unity influences what happens on the main level of the church. We talked about maturity and the path that we're all on to become more and more like Jesus. We talked about power. We talked about the power of the gospel and how that sets us apart. That brings so much meaning to what happens in the day-to-day -day life of the local church. It really, truly sets us apart. We talked about the spirit and the need for the spirit to be present and powerful in our midst and how we depend entirely on the spirit as a church and as individuals. We talked about leadership. We talked about uh, Jesus' model of leadership, and there's a whole lot more to say about that. But we talked briefly about that and how the kingdom model, the kingdom teaching on and guidance on leadership should infiltrate, should influence everything that happens on the main level of the church. That sets us apart. We talked a little bit about collaboration, and this morning is, was just a great example of that. At, at 9 o'clock, there was a gathering of people who wanted to come together and talk about outreach, about us impacting our community. And we had a huge group downstairs that came together for that, and, and the ideas flowed, and that shared imagination was taking place just like I talked about. It was fantastic. Now, we need, we need to be praying for and encouraging and inviting the influence of God's kingdom into our everyday experience of his church, of being his kingdom, representing his kingdom here on earth. Today we're going to look at the steps. We're going to look at the stairs and how we go uh, from the main level experience of the church to embracing the upper room, the kingdom principles of the church, and inviting them, drawing them into our everyday experience. And so those are the things we're going to talk about today. We're starting to see a picture of an institution that God has set apart and fully equipped to be his temple, both here on this property and far, far beyond. But without the influence of the kingdom transforming this church daily, moment by moment, we would simply remain little more than a pleasant suburban community club, blessed to be able to gather together freely, share a common style, receive some beneficial services, and enjoy a bit of community. We want more. I believe God's desire is to infuse his church with purpose. 
I believe God is ready at any moment to unify us as his family and kingdom to transform us into brightly shining reflections of his eternal kingdom, to release the power of the gospel through us, to fill us and this place with the presence and power of his spirit, to use us to lead this church and this community following the example of Jesus and to connect his image in each of us to utilize all that he's given us collectively and not just individually. This morning I want to look at a few things that we can do to help make that happen. How can we cooperate with God in his desires, in his plans? How can we partner with him in his mission? How can we, in the process of joining God in what he's doing, find the kind of purpose and passion that he intends for us even in this temporary life, in this fallen world? What can we do to embrace the blueprint that Jesus gave us for the kingdom and make it a part of everything that we do as a church? And there are many, many things we can do to live out our kingdom citizenship right here and right now. But like any other quest in life, this means we have to be intentional. So let me give you four things to consider as steps or stairs to reach out for the upper room and draw its influence into the main level of our church experience, personally and corporately as a church. The first step in this is the same step that we should take in every area of our lives as followers of Jesus. The first step is prayer. It has to be. God, your kingdom come And your will be done. If we want to see God's kingdom reflected in the identity, ministry, and life of this church, we have to begin with seeking that kingdom and seeking its king. As we come before the king on our knees, we have to talk to him, call on him, listen to him. Let me make this personal. I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. I know that. I belong to his kingdom. That kingdom provides for me. That kingdom protects me. I get my identity from God's kingdom. I used to belong to the kingdom that is this world, and in that kingdom, I was nobody. There was no future for me there. I was just a prop. The king of that kingdom couldn't care less for me. In fact, he was set on destroying me. And then the true king called me, and I answered, I became someone, a citizen of an eternal, indestructible kingdom. More than that, I was adopted by the king. Not just a citizen now, a son as well. I'm actually an heir to the king. And being that heir, that son has done amazing things for me. I am somebody and I know that I have value, meaning, purpose, an identity, a place, a future. For the time being, then, I live in the here and there. I'm a citizen of the kingdom that's to come, but at the same time, an ambassador for that kingdom here and now. That is my identity and my purpose. And so I've developed an inner longing to see more of that future coming kingdom come now and claim space in my life. Why? Because I had my eyes open to the reality of what's to come. And it makes now look sort of pathetic. I want more. I want much more than this world can possibly offer me right now. 
I want my life to be full, kingdom full. Not temporary, fallen world full, kingdom full. I will only benefit from having that fullness in my life. So as the king has told me, all I need to do is ask. And while I'm at it, to praise him and thank him for making me part of his kingdom. But this goes further than just my life. I want that kingdom fullness for my life, but I want it for the life of this church as well. I want to be part of a family of people united by their desire for kingdom fullness in their church family. I want to share the desire for kingdom unity, for kingdom mission, for kingdom influence, kingdom leadership, kingdom power, kingdom collaboration. I want to live that kind of community life with a church family, with all of you. And so we pray. I pray and we pray and We start there, God, your kingdom come. We ask him to influence Chapel Hill Church with his kingdom values, his kingdom vision, his kingdom mission. We ask him to make us the reflection of his kingdom that he desires us to be. We long for and ask to be known for our clear and bright kingdom reflection. We do that asking on our own and we do it asking together. I want you to think now about your prayers related to this church, related to Chapel Hill Church. This is an opportunity. We have the freedom to come before God at any time and ask him to lead us into the plan that he has for us when it comes to this church. As a living stone in the living building, the temple where God dwells, I have a significant identity God has chosen me to be part of his temple, his place of residence. I'm part of something big, a corporate dwelling place for God, a communal reflection of his kingdom, a model of what he wants for his creation as he works tirelessly to redeem it. That significant reality ought to drive me to engage with the king in prayer. What do you have for me, God? What are you doing that I can be a part of? How can you use my life to build up your temple? How can I better reflect your image as part of your church? Show me how I can collaborate with the people you've surrounded me with. Use me to deepen the unity among your people. Use me to show the people of this church and throughout my life your kingdom. Church, pray that God's kingdom comes through you. Pray that God's will is done in you. Pray that God uses you to guide people to Jesus. There's so much that we can be talking to God about when it comes to our place in his kingdom. Connect with God on the common ground of his kingdom. Share that passion with him. He thinks about it all the time. Just talk to him. In the bulletin that you were given, there is an insert Go ahead and take that out now. This is something that's here as a, as a tool for you. Um, try this. It basically just lays out the days in the month of March. And it gives you something to pray for regarding Chapel Hill Church every day of the month of March. This is something I would love to see us commit to doing. Um, if you are, are watching online, you don't have a bulletin in your hands, this will be on, in our e-newsletter that comes out every week as well. This is just a simple tool for you to grab 
And I would love to see us just concentrate for the month of March on praying for this church. Praying for God's kingdom to come and God's will to be done in Chapel Hill Church. This is a simple thing to follow along. It's something that you can pray for yourself. It's something that you can pray for related to others in the church. It's just a simple guide to help us move forward and make prayer a part of our ministry in this church. Let prayer be one step that you take to help you reach out for the kingdom, for the upper room. Use prayer to invite the influence of the kingdom into your life, into your place in God's kingdom and into the life of this church. Prayer is essential in the life of a disciple of Jesus. As we walk with Jesus, it's, it's one way that we engage with him, as if he was here physically, leading us down the path that he created us for. We have to see it as an experience of fellowship with Jesus. We walk with him, we talk with him, we listen to him, we watch him, we learn from him, we reflect him. And of course, that's even broader than just prayer. That's the experience that we call discipleship. And that's the second step in reaching out to embrace and invite the kingdom's influence in our lives and in the life of this church. Life in the church is all about becoming and making disciples of Jesus. It's something that happens naturally, even unintentionally, but it's also something that can happen most effectively if it's done intentionally. This is always an opportunity for us. Our goal is to become more like Jesus. How can we engage that process of transformation most effectively in our everyday life in this church? I believe that we're in an age when this process, discipleship, deserves a very deliberate look. As I look back on my life, I see this impressive history filled with opportunities to grow as a disciple of Jesus. My life's been filled with them. I've experienced ever-increasing access to resources that enhance the process of transformation in my life. There's practically no limit to it. The churches that I grew up in taught me, mentored me, discipled me as a child. From high school, I went to Bible college, and that had everything that I needed to grow in my understanding of Jesus and in my walk with him. Throughout my adult life, I've I've had access to churches, college, seminars, books, videos, podcasts, mentors, teachers, pastors, and on and on and on the list goes. It's all laid out before me. And honestly, all I've lacked at times is just direction. Often beyond my control, information and resources come at me like a tidal wave. It's all there. I can easily get overwhelmed with the, the random barrage of information coming at me. All good, all beneficial on some level, yet it's mostly random. And I think that describes the experience of many, many people. We're not short on information. We just lack direction. Jesus was very specific with his disciples. He didn't just talk nonstop, throwing his limitless knowledge at them, hoping that something stuck and they were somehow transformed. Jesus led his disciples down a specific path aimed at a specific outcome. His words had purpose. His actions had purpose. The experiences he provided for them had purpose. He had a goal for them and for their development, for their maturity. 
And so as we look at the subject of the kingdom's influence on our place in the church and on the church as a whole, how can we identify a specific direction for our growth as disciples of Jesus? Well, hopefully we've seen some direction emerge in this series of messages. Let me give you some examples based on what we looked at last Sunday. And believe me, there is no end to the options that we have for concentrated intentional growth. I'm just saying that we should experience concentrated intentional growth in our lives. And here's an example of what that could look like. Look at the words from the upper room that we looked at last week. Unity. What am I working towards as a Jesus image bearer? If he's praying that I experience unity, and he is, just look at John 17, how am I pursuing unity? What could that look like for me as a member of this church family? How can I create and affirm unity here? Maturity. What does it mean to be like Jesus? He's my goal. What about his character do I need to work on in my own character? How can I most effectively move in that direction? How can I move in that direction together with someone else? Power. Do I understand the gospel well enough to see its power? Or do I just understand it on a theological level? How well can I communicate the gospel? Um, I just picked up, I'm, I collect resources constantly, and I just picked up a few books that are very, very straightforward in what this means, in, in understanding the gospel, coming gospel fluent, and in a way that we can speak to people in this day and age. There's lots out there to help us do this. Spirit. What do I want my relationship with God's spirit to look like? Is my dependence on the Spirit growing? What am I shooting for in terms of the Spirit's influence in my life? What about the things he creates like love, joy, peace, patience, and so on? The fruit of the Spirit. Leadership. Considering Jesus' model of leadership and what he teaches me about leading, what's my goal as a servant who's willing to lay his life down for others? How can I do this? With whom? When? And collaboration. What's my target as a, as a contributing citizen of the kingdom of God? Where's an opportunity to partner with someone? Who am I praying with? How am I investing in the kingdom? What do I need to initiate? Life is filled with opportunities to grow as a disciple of Jesus. We can grow in our knowledge of Jesus and our relationship with him. We can grow in our relationships with others. We can deepen the impact that we have on this world. The opportunities are limitless. But what specifically are we working towards? That quest moves us towards the influence of the kingdom in our lives as members of this church family and as a church collectively. And the kingdom influences who we are third step towards the upper room is calling. God has invited us into life in the kingdom. There we find his presence, his power, his blessing, his provision, his mission, his guidance, his strength, and much, much more. Romans 8.28 is one of the many verses in the Bible that addresses the fact that we have been called, invited by God into his purpose. This is not simply about us choosing to do the right thing and direct our lives the way that we think God wants us to. 
We don't need to create a calling for ourselves. God calls us, he invites us into his purpose for us. Interestingly, the Bible doesn't state specifically what that calling is. It speaks of our calling. Paul talked about not being ashamed of our calling. He spoke about being called to things like freedom, but we're not told what that specific calling looks like in each of our lives. God reveals that to us through his spirit. So there's one of those places where we can be very intentional about our growth, pursuing God's spirit and listening to him speak to us of his purpose. This calling includes the purpose that God has for us in this place, the purpose that he has for us in helping to establish the personality of this church, the purpose he has for us through our programs, and the purpose he has for bringing each of these people into our lives. Where do I fit into all this in line with God's calling on my life? Do I acknowledge that God has called me and is calling me daily? Or is all of this just up to me to determine? God has a purpose that he calls us to, and that purpose applies to every aspect of our lives, not just to our role in a local church. God calls us into his purpose in our marriages, our families, our careers, our neighborhoods, our schools, our whole lives. And there's one more word up there. It's the word surrender. First and always... We pray about our place in God's kingdom, specifically in his local church. Secondly, as disciples of Jesus, we seek direction regarding our growth in reflecting the image of Jesus. Thirdly, we embrace the calling God's placed in our lives according to his purpose. And then what's left is surrender. It's one thing to see the church in a new way. We all enjoy the thrill of new revelation. I know I do. That's why I've enjoyed studying and reflecting on this for the past six months and beyond. It's, it's one thing to pray about this, to understand it, to even teach others about it. But it's a completely different thing to surrender myself to the influence of the kingdom. God has called me according to his purpose when it comes to this church. The response to his call is up to me the response to this call is up to us as a church. So let me clarify something first. I think this is important. I want to address a thought that is bound to come up in all of our minds, I think. I want to highlight something that surrender to this way of engaging with God's church is not. Surrender to the process of, living, of, of inviting the kingdom to influence the church and my role in the church is not an obligation to add more church things to my calendar. Let's get that off our consciences right away. This is not an obligation to do more. This is a call to seek more meaning and purpose in everything that we're engaged in in life. Church happens to be the topic at hand this morning. My role in the church and the church's role in my life cannot become the things that take me out of the game. I cannot make church the sole focus of my life. That's never been my intention in leading us through this series. I simply want Chapel Hill Church to have more meaning and purpose in our lives, not more control of our schedules. 
I want us to find deeper, a deeper reason to be part of this church family. I want us to see the benefit the church is to us and the benefit we are to this church, but I do not want church to take away from the opportunities that God gives us to be salt and light in the places he has us. We are the church wherever we go. Our time as part of this community that is also the church has deep value. My goal is just to bring deeper purpose and meaning to our experience here. My involvement in this church family has to have meaning and has to contribute to what God has called me to everywhere I go. And it can have deep meaning and purpose. I want to get everything God intends for me out of, the, out of my place in this church family, both in what I receive here and what I contribute here. I want that everywhere that I am in life. So what do I think surrender to this way of seeing church is? Four things for you to take with you and consider. First, surrender to this way of seeing church is a choice. I choose abundant life in my role in the church and in the role that this church plays in my life. Abundant life. Secondly, surrender to this way of seeing church is an act of obedience. God has called me to his purpose for church in my life. I want to willingly follow Jesus into what he has for me, no matter what it might cost me. Thirdly, surrender to this way of seeing church is an offering that I lift up to the king. In 1 Peter 2.5, we're called to make spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Surrendering to this is an act of praise and thanksgiving for all that God has done in providing this church for us. And finally, surrendering to seeing church in this way Church is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be part of God's kingdom coming to earth and truly making a difference in my life and in the lives of others. That's what we're going to dive into next week as we wrap this series up. Prayer, discipleship, calling, and surrender. This is the path that we're on. This is a quest to embrace and invite maximum kingdom influence in the life of the church and our lives as members of God's church. And my prayer for us is that God moves powerfully in bringing his kingdom into our midst in new ways. And I pray that his will is done in this church, in Chapel Hill Church. Will you pray that with me? Let's spend a moment in prayer now, and then we're going to close the service with a song together. Father, we acknowledge again this morning that this church, Chapel Hill Church, is yours. We are citizens of your kingdom, living stones in your temple. And Father, we are available for your kingdom to come through us and your will to be done here in our midst. And that is our prayer, Father. 
May your kingdom come. May all that characterizes your eternal kingdom influence us in a very significant way. May your will for this church and our place in this church be done. Not ours, yours. Father, help us to be obedient to what you're calling us to, to surrender ourselves fully. Remind us, Father, to pray, to pray that your kingdom comes and your will is done here in Chapel Hill Church and in our lives as members of this church family. Help us to see what you have for us in terms of our own growth, the process of us becoming more and more like Jesus. We know that there are things that need to get out of the way. Help us to get those things out of the way. Father, you've placed a call on every one of our lives. And if we don't see that clearly, help us to. And give us the strength to just fully surrender and allow you to carry out what you want to do in us and in this church. We are your people, the sheep of your pasture. And we ask that more and more you would make us a bright reflection of your kingdom here on earth. Not just here on this property, but everywhere we are. May your kingdom come and your will be done. In the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Amen.